Welcome to Tackling the NFL, the only podcast where the hosts had the most riding on the Houston-Tennessee game last week, not based out of either of those cities. I'm Josh Rosenberg, that's Adam Baltax, and our teams were battling over the number three overall pick. Adam, I think you'll be okay because you guys ended up with the number four overall pick. There's four quarterbacks in this draft. I think that none of this really matters, though, because we can stop thinking about draft picks for a little while. We can really start digging in because we have reached the playoffs. How do you feel, Adam? It's It's been a long ride. Uh, I wish it were longer, obviously, because even a 17-week season doesn't fill out the whole year, and that's football season is obviously the best part of the year. But but at the same time, it's kind of sad because you, you're seeing guys like Zach Ertz, Larry Fitzgerald. They're coming to the end of the road. It's pretty depressing. But but at the same time, we get we have some good playoff games coming up, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, this is a really fun slate of games. We have 11 competitive teams playing this week and the Washington football team. No, 10. The Washington football team and the Bears do not count. Um, <laughs> also, just to get this right off the bat, I feel no pity for the Giants not getting into the playoffs at ten and, or at six and ten. And Y'all yeah, did you see what Logan Ryan said? No, I didn't. He said we're in no place to talk, winning only six games. Good for you, Logan Ryan. Good for you, because yeah, I was not hearing it from Joe Judge and the integrity of the game. The integrity of the game <laughs> should have like the ten and five, the ten and seven Dolphins in the playoffs or ten and six. You shouldn't have even had a chance with your what negative forty point differential. Yeah, like you guys played the NFC East six times. That should be six wins if you're actually a playoff team. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get the the Giants argument. They're not beating the they're not beating the Buccaneers either. So I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. So what we're gonna do this week is we're gonna break down all six wild card games. Each of us is gonna give a reason for why each team can win or why each team will win, and then a matchup to look out for. So one player versus another player, or maybe like a line versus a line, and then just something fun from the game that we're looking forward to seeing, something to look out for. So. I think we're doing this chronologically. So, Adam, why don't you start us off? The first game is Saturday at, I think it's 1, right? I think so. Yeah, so it's Saturday at 1, and it is honestly my second favorite game of the weekend. It's the Buffalo Bills versus the Indianapolis Colts. Adam, why do you think the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game? Well, this is actually my favorite game of the weekend. I I think that this will be a a crazy game. Uh, But I think if, if, if they win... The reason that they win will be the Josh Allen Stephon Diggs connection, and I think that's kind of the story of their season. If they're rolling, then the entire offense is rolling, and when that offense is rolling, they are going. So we'll see. I had it right around those same lines. I had Josh Allen's going to go nuclear. He has been for like the last three weeks. He's averaged over over that time three hundred and one yards, three touchdowns per game. He's taken only two sacks over that time. So really, that entire offense is just clicking. Brian Dable is in his bag. I mean, like. All of his play calls are just hitting and hitting and hitting. There was one play, I think it was Nate Tice who pointed it out. He motioned in Isaiah McKenzie to deal with one of the Dolphins cover zero blitzes, a wide receiver, and that freed up a bunch of time to hit a wide receiver when usually they'd only have time for a slant. He just burned him deep for a touchdown. That was just some beautiful play calling, and it's so easy to see how the Bills can steamroll any team that they face. Yeah, they're they're on fire right now, and the Colts have a pretty good defense, so that'll be a really fun match. Yeah, so my reason for Indianapolis winning, though, 
doesn't have as much to do with their defense because as much as I like them and, you know, we've talked about before how they're built evenly on all three levels, right? How they have DeForest Buckner on uh, in the front. They've got um, Darius Leonard in the middle and then you've got Julian Blackman, Xavier Rhodes, Kenny Moore on the back end. All really good players, well-built defense. I just don't think that they're capable of stopping Josh Allen for prolonged periods of time for more than a couple drives. So I think that for Indianapolis to win, they'll slow the game down and they'll limit possessions by running the ball. And I think that they can do that because Jonathan Taylor ran for 253 yards against the Jaguars last week, and the Bills have proven to have trouble against the run, which usually doesn't matter. And if they can go up ahead early, like even 14 to nothing, they might force Indianapolis to abandon the run, and I think they can run away with it from there. But if Indianapolis is going to win, I really think, and I usually don't support the strategy, I think it might be better for them to break the game down into fewer and fewer possessions. Yeah, so obviously... If they can somehow get Josh Allen uncomfortable and playing not like his normal self, that would, that's ideal. But I don't think that'll be the reason they win. I think the reason they win will be, uh, as you said, running the ball. That They got like one of the best backfields in the NFL. And I think if they use it against a pretty weak interior on the Bills side, uh, I think that that's, that's our only chance. Yeah. I don't really know. I didn't look into too much how Josh Allen deals with pressure up the middle, but that is usually a weak spot for NFL quarterbacks. It's just really hard to deal with because you need to go outside rather than stepping up in the pocket. And DeForest Buckner, as we know, is great at creating interior pressure. Uh, Grover Stewart next to him. So they get they can get some stuff done there. I just don't think that they'll stop Josh Allen for very long, for more than a couple drives, especially given the way he's played these past couple weeks. Yeah, and, and for the Bills, for the reason they'll lose, I also put Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you never know. Like I, I'm his biggest supporter and you know, and I, and he could have a terrible game and with no warning signs. So who knows? Yeah. I, I think that for the bills to lose as much as I, as I said, this is my second favorite game of the weekend. Cause I think that this is like a football nerd's dream. Like both teams are such good sound football teams. So I'm just going to have to get into my, the reason that it's fun actually, because both of these teams have top 12 offenses and defenses by DVOA. So like, they're not like, way up there. The, the Bills are up there on offense, but what it really is that these teams are just some of the best team building projects uh, by their general managers of the past couple of years. What Brandon Bean and Chris Ballard have done uh, through the draft and through free agency has just built really strong, well-balanced teams at every level uh, in every area. And the fruits of those efforts are paying off now. And I think that it's really cool to see. And that's why I said it's a football nerd's dream, but I still think that just for all of the offensive firepower that the Bills have, I think that they're going to win this game. I just don't see that many ways that the Colts win, especially given that they've been in too many close games these past couple weeks against teams that aren't that good. This game against the Jaguars should not have been that close. Like, that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, but at the same time, you you got to think that they took their foot off the gas pedal. That They were not playing 100% against the Jags. But yeah, I agree. I think that this will be an incredible match two of the like the most solid like with little weaknesses on their teams it just sucks that they're playing in a in an NFL with so many great teams and that they have to face each other round one yeah and also it is a real shame that this game is the early game on Saturday because that's like considered I guess like the least important game but I think it really will be one of the best games of the weekend I think it'll definitely be the best game of the day yeah Adam what's your matchup to watch out for in this game okay so so I put one for each team. I think the the main look for it as a Bills fan is seeing Trey White lock up T.Y. Hilton. If he can completely eliminate him from the game, they won't have to rely on Josh Norman to cover Pittman or Pascal, and that's ideal. And 
if they can do that, if they can give the rest of the defense a little that little uh, extra breath, they'll have no problems stopping the Colts. Okay. What is the important matchup for uh, the Colts? If they can keep Josh Allen in the pocket, that's huge. Uh, make him be a gunslinger, make him throw some crazy interceptions. I think that's the only that's their only chance. Uh, so my matchup to watch out for in this game is Kenny Moore versus either Cole Beasley or Isaiah McKenzie. It looks doubtful that Beasley will play right now. Um, he hasn't practiced yet this week, and so it doesn't look good, which is a shame because he's a really fun player. But Moore is just one of the best slot corners in the game, and he's a chess piece that Matt Eberflus can move around his defense. And I think that his matchups in the middle of the field against McKenzie, who had two receiving touchdowns last week with Cole Beasley out, will be really impactful to the outcome of this game because I think that they're going to have to devote a lot of resources to taking away Stephon Diggs. And if he can deal with their slot guy, then that means that it'll be a little bit easier to deal with John Brown, who's also finally back, and just another just another piece that the Bills can work with. Yeah, you you know how I am on Kenny Moore, so I, I agree with that. I I think that that Colts secondary is really good, uh, and if they can maybe steal a couple of picks, who knows? This game could go either way. Yeah, exactly. I think that Josh Allen has done a much better job of eliminating those like blackout moments in his game, where you just like think he's lost control, where he throws a pass into double coverage to a fullback, right? Like we saw last year. At the same time, the playoffs are a whole new pressure cooker. Honestly, a playoff game with very little attendance might be good for him. There's going to be a couple fans in the stands, I think, is what Buffalo is doing. But we're not in, that many. We're in Buffalo. There's there's going to be some fans finding their way in that city. I actually think that there being less fans, though, might actually be good for him. And no matter what, this is definitely going to be a fun game. Adam, do you have anything else on this one? No, I, it, it's really going to come down to Josh Allen. And I think that's every game for the Bills that going forward. Uh, if Josh Allen can play as he's been playing the past couple of weeks, they could be any team in the league. Completely agree. So what's the next game? Uh, the Rams Seahawks is next. Ooh, this game is so. This game's interesting. Do we know if golf is going to be back? No, we don't. And okay, how about I'm going to start here? Okay. I think golf shouldn't start for the Rams. Now, <laughs> I think if golf was 100% healthy, I think if golf was 100% healthy, then you start him. But I think the decision between starting uh, like 70% at probably at best, Jared Goff versus John Wolford is actually much harder than it looks. And I think that what John Wolford brings to this offense is actually more valuable to the Rams because the added element of mobility that he provides can stretch the Seahawks defense and just, you know, extend plays in a way that Jared Goff can't. And when you're taking a Jared Goff who is already hurt and hasn't been good these past couple weeks, and really just the offense has been lackluster with him in it for quite a while. And you have a guy who, just brought a jolt of energy who like who literally like threw his body to convert a third down at the end of the game right I think that it might be worth it for the Rams to play John Wolford I'm not sure if he throws like a couple picks and you have Jared Goff waiting on the sideline and he says I can play coach then maybe you put him in but I think that he did a pretty good job of protecting the ball after his first pass of the game last week and I think that there's there is a good reason to play him this week I I don't know what do you think well yeah so, so just to anyone listening that doesn't know uh, John Wolford, he was a nine to five worker, uh, desk at a desk job for I think he worked for the Rams, right? No, okay. So actually, I don't know who he worked for, but up until last week, so this was my something fun from this game. Up until last week, he had a LinkedIn profile that said he was a private equity analyst. He, he finally <laughs> yeah, changed he that still this does. past week. He still does. No, he, he finally changed that this past week after finally no, so after starting. No, so what he said was, I I'm one and zero with that LinkedIn page up. I think I'm going to keep it up. 
Oh, got it. Okay, so the Rams may start a private equity analyst over a guy on a hundred thirty million dollar contract. <laughs> and that's and that's the story of the Rams. But yeah, so uh, John Wolford played pretty pretty well last week. He had the most rushing yards by a Rams quarterback since the year two thousand, which I thought was a little crazy. So he adds a different element to that team. Uh, he takes some pressure off that offensive line when he can escape. And who knows? Uh, he can shock some people. That would be a very, very, very good story. And you yeah. know how much the NFL likes their stories. Again, it might just be like a one-week fluke. But I really do think that the ability to break a collapsing pocket when he doesn't have a great offensive line, but he has a solid one in front of him, I just think that that might be worth it to the Rams. We will see. I think that if Jared Goff says he can play, it's going to be really hard for Sean McVay to sit him. But I, I would lean personally. I would lean starting Wolford. And that's off a very small sample size, but just from what we've seen. And do you think that's the good, that'll be the reason they win? So the reason I think the Rams will win, I think that the only way they win is if their offense does it. Sorry, is if their defense does everything for them. Yeah, that's what I put down to. If they win, it's because Brandon Staley's defense can shut down and stifle Russell Wilson. Uh, Wilson was basically did nothing in their first matchup. And then he was slightly better the second time around, but he still took five sacks and the Rams took away his scrambling opportunities and mainly was successful and they won because Jared Goff did even less. What you saw in that game was that Brandon Steele used a ton of stunts. So every time that Wilson thought they had like room to run up the middle, a defender appeared. Uh, there was one with Leonard Floyd where he just like appeared out of nowhere and Russell Wilson just ran straight into his stomach. It was hilarious. So I think that what Brandon Staley has done with this defense is incredible. And if they have any chance of winning, they're going to need to bring it. And they really did bring it against the Cardinals this past week. I think that they need to do that again to be able to win this game. Yeah. And what we're learning a little bit more about the Seahawks as the season go on, as, as the season goes on is they're looking more and more predictable. You can kind of understand their game plan, their passes, their, their schemes. And when you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett being so good as a powerful duo, and you have a Ram secondary with so much depth. Not only do you have Jalen Ramsey, you got Darius Williams, you got John Johnson at corner at safety. You got a lot of help. This Seahawks team has like if if they have a bad week, could get no points. That's the one thing that I have that that could be the Rams saving grace. Yeah. So actually, you sort of brought up the reason why the Seahawks will win, in my opinion, and I think that this is what they need for them to win. They need Tyler Lockett to keep cooking because he dealt with an injury for most of the second half of the season. From weeks 8 to 16, he averaged 4.8 receptions and 47 yards a game. He did so little. And last week, he had 12 receptions, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. He really looked like he had a little bit of a burst again, which is what he was missing. He didn't have like that ability to separate, which has been so characteristic of most of his career and what's made him such a good receiver as an undersized guy. So in each of the first two times that the Rams and the Seahawks have played, DK Metcalf has been erased for the most part by Jalen Ramsey. He was slightly better the second time around. He had six catches for 59 yards, like not the game he'd like to have. And with what Brandon Staley does, he loves to put Jalen Ramsey on DK Metcalf, let him work there, and then he can assign two defenders to Tyler Lockett. So if Tyler Lockett can actually relieve a little bit of the pressure on DK Metcalf, I think that would be massive for the Seahawks' chances of winning and putting up points. Yeah, I thought that was huge. And they don't and after that, they haven't been getting much help from anyone else. We haven't seen them use their tight ends at all, basically. Hollister's only been really targeted in the in the red zone once or twice. David Moore had to get a check down on the last play of the game to get a bonus. Well, okay. Uh, at some point in this game, David Moore's gonna catch a 40 yard pass. It, it, it this is just what happens with David Moore. It's inevitable. Um, what I actually said was they need to see Chris Carson do something. 
Like if they if they want to if they want to win this game, I have complete confidence in the Rams secondary that they will at least handle Lockett and Metcalf. If they can start using Carson in the passing game or in important situations, I think that'll be their key to success. Yeah. So there was a fantastic article by Robert Mays of the Athletic uh, last week about Brandon Staley and his defense. Highly recommend you guys check it out. What's really interesting about Brandon Staley is the way that his his approach to defense, because he builds focusing on the pass rather than on the run, which is what pretty much other every other defensive coordinator does. And so because of that, he's trying to create two for ones in their pass game rather than the run game. And so what that means is that he has a lot of light boxes. He's obviously a Vic Fangio disciple. And so the only team that has as many light boxes as the Rams is the Broncos. Like everybody else puts more guys in the box. So what they do is they just work the angles really well. Having Aaron Donald obviously helps a lot. But if the Seahawks can find some way, and the Rams, I think, are first in DVOA against the run or way up there. So even with light boxes, they've been very successful. If the Seahawks can find some way to get some run game going, that would be huge. I would be a little surprised to see it happen, though. Yeah, and the reason that they're actually being successful with their light boxes instead of Denver is because of their their linebackers. They always manage to to create these insane linebackers. They start we we've seen Kenny Young start to play much better towards the end of the season. Last season we had Corey Littleton step up. Meanwhile, in Denver you got like AJ Johnson who who is very slow. But and I was gonna say I'm not sure if it's necessarily the linebackers, although they do matter. Um, although Corey Littleton mattered much more for the Wade Phillips defense. I think it's really the safeties. And so that's why uh, Justin Simmons is so important in Denver yeah. and why John Johnson and Jordan Fuller are so important here uh, in Los Angeles. And, and LA's defense is one of like the most underrated in the league just because of how they work and how consistent they are. It'll be interesting to see playoff Russ. Uh, he always, he always se- seems to find a different gear. And if Lockett can take advantage of the non-Ramsey on him, I think that'll be, that'll be what wins in the game and maybe a little bit of Carson. Yeah, my matchup to look out for is Jalen Ramsey versus DK Metcalf, mostly just because that's fun because it's like the most physical cornerback in the league versus like the most physical yeah. receiver. And and then also just like Aaron Donald versus the Seahawks entire interior offensive line. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's always a mess. Do you have anything else you want to add to this game? No, I think it'll be fun to watch. Uh, two great games to start off our weekend. Yeah. Unfortunately, we got a pretty bad one to end it, but. <laughs> well, why don't you start us off? Let's, let's move on uh, to the Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. Oh, I can't wait for this one. Okay. Look, call me crazy, but for like the more I thought about this game, the more I was like, there's a world in which the Washington football team wins this game 13 to 10. Why do I sort of like the betting on the Washington football team? Like, why, why do I find myself sort of convinced that the Washington football team well, might win? I, I think I know why. It's because every week we talk about how poor Brady is when he's pressured. If there's any team that's going to pressure Tom Brady, it is going to be the Washington football team. Yeah. It is whether or not the Washington football team can put up any points on the board. <laughs> that is the question. I, I think we share the exact same reasons for why the Washington football team will win or why, Tom, uh, why Tampa Bay will win. Tampa Bay. So I'm just going to start it off. As you just said, the Washington football team will win because Tom Brady can't play against pressure. Washington football team is top five in pressure percentage. And most importantly, they don't need to send more than four to do it, um, which is so important because to beat Tom Brady, the blueprint for his entire career has always been to get pressure without blitzing. Um, and that's even more important. Well, it's, I was going to say he's become more susceptible to that and to pressure as he's gotten older, which is understandable because when you get to 42 years old, you don't want to get hit by Chase Young. And so I think that there, I could very much see the Washington football team shutting down Tom Brady for a decent chunk of this game. 
But yeah, as you said, I don't know, Adam. I do you think the Washington football team can score at all? That's a really good question. And that's why I think the Washington football team might win this game like 7-3 or 7-6 because the Washington football team might get like a kick return or something like that. And they will hold on to that for dear life. And Chase Young is coming after you, Tom. You heard him after that game. And Tom Brady has, has been that guy who can put up three points in a game if he's, if he's not feeling it. So who knows? There's every reason in the world for Tampa Bay to win this game. I mean, just, just more specifically, Alex Smith is a mobile and Tampa is like 10 times more talented, especially offensively than Washington. Washington went seven to nine. Like, is that enough for you? They scored, they ranked 25th in points scored this year. If they're going to win this game, it's going to be one of the ugliest games of the weekend, which really makes you consider why it's on in prime time. But <laughs> I don't know. NFL wants Tom Brady. Whatever it is, it's definitely not going to be a fun game to watch if you're like a, a point scoring team. Uh, or a fan because that that is going to be a low scoring game yeah it's gonna be a drag it out grind them out game i do actually have really two fun matchups that i'm really looking forward to watching or watching in this game and they're on two different sides of the ball so first off you have chase young versus donovan smith smith is uh the buccaneers left tackle he's been inconsistent for most of his career he's been quite frustrating to buccaneers fans but he's been better this year i think having tristan Wirfs has really helped him it's just been a solidifying force on the other side of the line, which I think has helped him out. But can he hold up against Chase Young, who really has just been getting better as the season goes along? And then my other one is Devin White versus J.D. McKissick. Because this past week, Alex Smith looked like a statue. I mean, he really just like could not move. And he was really only effective throwing checkdowns. And that's a lot of those go to their running backs. J.D. McKissick has been pretty useful for the Washington football team in a uh, short passing game. He's been picking up like five-yard chunks every couple plays, which they need because they, they really can't manufacture those big plays. And Devin White is one of the faster linebackers in the game. So I think his ability to chase down J.D. McKissick and take away the short passing game will be critical. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that J.D. McKissick's uh, influence in the passing game has never been more important than in this game. If they want to get yardage, that's how they're going to do it. Gibson and McKissick have to be involved because that, that's all I think Alex Smith can hit. And I will criticize Big Ben for not being able to move, but one person I will not criticize for not being able to move is Alex Smith. And I will stick to that no matter how healthy he says he is because that was ridiculous. Uh, comeback player of the year easily. Also, I hope he retires after this year. Please yes. just let him retire. I can't wait <laughs> this again. And I don't know how, how his wife still watches it. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, so I had the same matchup. I had the Chase Young matchup, but I have a different one for the Buccaneers. I have Chris Godwin versus Ronald Darby. I think if the uh, Washington football team is going to allow any wide receiver to torch them, it's going to be Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is going to get locked up. Wide um, Washington football team have been really good against wide receiver ones this season. It's Chris Godwin who's been playing pretty great the past couple of weeks. That that might surprise some people. And we, we've talked about this plenty. He should go to another team. He'd be a star wide receiver. I think that's their key to, to success. I cannot push the Chris Godwin to Baltimore hype train enough, <laughs> but he's not He's not going to leave. They're going to lock him up, which is unfortunate <laughs> because I would love to see that. But yeah, I, I think I could see that, especially because it looks like Mike Evans is going to play, but he's also definitely not going to get 100%. And Mike Williams is one of those, sorry, Mike Evans is one of those guys who every time he's hurt, he plays through injuries, but he never plays nearly as well. And I think that against Kendall Fuller, he'll have trouble and they might need to go to Godwin. So I could definitely see that. Darby has been good this year, though. A little bit of a surprise, for especially for Eagles fans. And we, and we might see Antonio Brown step up, too. They got so many options. Yep. Now we are moving on 
to my favorite game of the weekend. That's the only reason I said that the Bills uh, Colts game was my second favorite game of the weekend. The Tennessee Titans versus the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be awesome. This is a rematch. And why are these both the first games of the day? It, no, I was <laughs> so confused. I mean, like, not even upset because I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to watch all of them. But, like, I was so confused by what the NFL was doing. Like, I sort of understood the idea and, like, the desire to get Tom Brady in primetime, even as bad as that game's going to be. What are you doing putting this game at 1 p.m.? <laughs> and, and we just saw Brown Steelers. You don't need to see that again in primetime. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the Brown Steelers game should be a good game, but it doesn't excite me at all because we've seen them play twice this year. Like, it's not that exciting. And just last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyways, this game rules. And I'm going to start off with the reason that the Tennessee Titans will win. I think that for them to win, Derrick Henry's going to need to run over the Ravens like he did last year. Yep. I, I put the exact same thing. Back in January, so it's been almost, you know, it's been right about 12 months, which feels crazy. It feels like another, I don't know, another lifetime, really. The Titans handed it off to Derrick Henry 30 times for 195 yards. In that game, Ryan Tannehill attempted only 14 passes. Lamar Jackson attempted 59. Um, (laughs) But in 2019, there are some reasons for concern, actually, because in 2019, Baltimore was 21st against the run. This year, they're 12th. And the Titans lost Jack Conklin, and the Ravens picked up Derrick Wolf and Clays Campbell. So, logically, the Ravens should have more success stopping Derrick Henry. But when you get to this time of year, it just really seems impossible to stop him. He just gets stronger and stronger. And it gets more and more impossible. It's like a tank rolling downhill that just picks up momentum until you can't do anything about it. Adam, Adam, do you think they can stop him? Like, uh, what are your what are your hopes for this? Okay, it'll it'll be interesting to watch. Um, this is my prediction: if the Titans can score fourteen points in the first quarter, they will win the game. If they don't, they will lose. That's what I think is going to happen. I like that prediction. I see that. I think that the Titans will run over them in the first quarter. But if they stop hitting the run and they give up like the Titans do pretty often and once they once they are like under pressure, I think that's when they lose the game against such a solid Ravens defense. And yeah, I think it's, it's going to be Derrick Henry versus the Ravens. And it, we're going to see a lot of running the ball. Yeah. I'm going to be curious because if the Ravens could pull ahead and force the Titans out of their run game, that would be massive because Derrick Henry is at his most effective in the second half. I like, I think that their defense is pretty good, but we've seen Derrick Henry. We've seen their offense last year. What was interesting last year, AJ Brown had one catch for nine yards. I don't think we're going to see that again. He's become an even bigger part of their offense this year. And Corey Davis looks like a real wide receiver. Like he looks, he actually looks good this year. So there are reasons to think that they can, that they can keep themselves in the game offensively. And if they do, they stand a really good chance. But their defense sucks. So, Adam, <laughs> why, why is Baltimore going to win this game? Uh, the Baltimore is going to win this game because of how horrid the Titans' defense is against any type of offense, whether it's the passing game, the rushing game, but especially the rushing game. Uh, the Ravens, as we saw last week, had ridiculous running numbers. We saw J.K. Dobbins get almost 200 yards. We saw Lamar Jackson almost hit 100 yards. We saw Gus Edwards almost hit 100 yards. We even saw Justice Hill almost get 60 yards. Like, it was ridiculous. The Ravens last week are the fifth team ever to run for 400 yards in a game, according to Roger Sherman from the Ringer. So, yeah, they they dominated that last game on the ground. (laughs) I think that the Titans won't be able to stop the Ravens for more than two or three drives. And that's because the Ravens are kind of not that consistent in the passing game because they have no wide receivers that they can rely on for a third down conversion. And 
if they can stop them a couple times and gain momentum early, and that's important early because when the Titans are in a tight game late, we haven't seen until really last week them prevail. So if they can stay with them into the second half and continue with Derrick Henry, continue pounding the ball, it'll be a really fun match. Looking and preparing for this game, what I really noticed is that having Jadevian Clowney in this game would be so huge for the Titans, much less so in the past game, as good as he is and as useful as it would be since they clearly can't get any pressure. But Jadevian Clowney is one of the better run defenders on the edge in the league, which is sort of an underrated part of his game just because everyone likes to see like the huge sacks and the big hits. But I'm not sure without him if the Titans will be able to stop like the types of zone reads and stuff that I'm sure that they'll run with Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins, which will be devastatingly effective. I really do wonder, though, because I think they're like the Titans are like 12th in DVOA against the run and they're like 27th or something like that against the pass. So if they can stop a couple of runs and force Lamar Jackson to pass and to Des Bryant, (laughs) the fossil of Des Bryant and whatever like you have in Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin actually recently. I like Miles Boykin. That's what's going to decide the game. I like how you said third downs. I think that like third and longs, if they can force him to third and longs, it's going to be like the opposite of like an unstoppable force versus an immovable object because the Ravens passing game has been better in the past couple of weeks, but still has been a problem. And the Titans have been awful um, against the pass. I mean, Deshaun Watson nearly cost the Dolphins number three pick. I was very stressed <laughs> last week because they couldn't get to him. So I think that that is something to keep an eye on. I think keeping the Ravens from getting big plays and forcing them to make consistent conversions is going to be their biggest issue. Because I think the, I think the Ravens are definitely good. Lamar's a great quarterback. They're consistent. They can make five-yard passes. It's when they get to those third and longs. And as you said, late in the game, it's whether or not they can they have a guy to go to, and they really don't. So having Jadavion Clowney would have obviously helped. They can't really hold on to the football, and Jadavion Clowney consistently is top five in the league in four fumbles. But it's, it's fun to watch. Unfortunately, he won't be there, and they won't get a lot of pressure. And pressure on Lamar is rare anyways, but it'll, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, and it'll we'll see a lot of rushing yards in that game. Yeah, my matchup to watch out for in this game is Kevin Byard versus Lamar Jackson. Uh, last year in this game, uh, Byard had a pick. He had 11 tackles and is playing in the middle of the field, uh, along with Kenny Vaccaro, really forced Lamar Jackson out of his comfort zone and made him throw to the outsides. And it was really a formula to beat Lamar that no one had been able to really pull off because you really need the safeties to do it. He hasn't been quite as good this year, but he's still a top safety in this league. and. I think what he's going to do in the middle of the field is going to be so important because it took like 10 weeks of the season or like 12 weeks of the season for the Ravens to finally get back to where they were last year. And part of that had to do with injuries, but Lamar didn't develop in the same, in the way that we were hoping throwing to the outsides. And part of that is his fault, but a huge part of it really isn't because he's had so much less time. He says offensive line has been much worse and Marquise Brown has sucked and like he's been better the past couple of weeks, but like his receivers have not helped him. So I think that that development throwing to the outsides hasn't really been there in the same way that we might have hoped after last year's MVP season. Well, he's still a good quarterback, and I don't think that like that's a major flaw, and it doesn't mean that they can't win. It means that what Kevin Byard is going to do in the middle of the field is going to be so much more important. Yeah, this is a big prove-it game for Lamar Jackson. All of his haters bring up this game when they, when they talk about his flaws. They love to talk about how bad he is in the playoffs. If he can win this game, I think that would silence a lot of people. And he would gain a lot of respect. And I think that this is going to, no matter what, we're going to get a fun game out of this one. And it's going to be Derrick Henry versus the backfield of, of the Ravens. And, and ultimately those are the matchups I put uh, just 
stopping the run is going to be the key to success, and whoever can do that will win this game. Secondary matchup, A.J. Brown versus uh, Marlon Humphrey. Or, or Marcus Peters, who, who, who's going to I don't know. I, I was wondering, but I think that Marlon Humphrey is a more physical cornerback, and given that we know how ridiculously ripped and physical A.J. Brown is, I think we could see him on him, but I don't actually know. I was wondering that just now. Well, we see some Cameron Batson. <laughs> oh my God. In the event that the Titans are forced to pass, what A.J. Brown can do will be so important. And as I mentioned, he was shut out of the game last year, so I think it should be interesting. Of course, they didn't really need him last year. The, the only reason I brought up Cameron Batson is because he's going up against Anthony Averitt, who has been pretty poor this season. So if if they can like implement him at all, because obviously they lost Humphreys. Was that the wide receiver they lost earlier this year? Yeah, I, I thought that their third receiver was Khalif Raymond, but I actually don't know. Oh, I mean, I thought he was like their punt returner. It doesn't matter. It's it's really going to come down to whether they can um, get Corey Davis or A.J. Brown open. Yep. And I think they will. I think they have a great offense. I think that uh, Tannehill's really underrated. If they can play like around Derrick Henry, start to get that play action going, then I think I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I really like the Titans. I think what Arthur Smith has done has been really cool to watch. I think that they're another one of those teams that like football nerds really appreciate just because of the scheme element. Because I think that Ryan Tannehill is underrated to an extent, but he's also relatively well-rated just because of so much of what he does is so dependent on scheme. That's not really a real knock. It just means that if they go down, it's going to be really hard for him to come back. As, as we've seen with the Titans in the past. Of course. And so I'm rooting for the Ravens in this game, mostly just because I'm rooting for Lamar. I just want like that revenge tour to go well. And I want him to shut up the haters because like, yes, he's had some, he's had some troubles and like, there are flaws to point out obviously, but he's so much better than he gets credit for from those guys. And given the absolute lack of help and offensive like weapons and talent that he has around him, I think what he's done this year has been admirable. So yeah, I want to get some credit. Like a a Lamar 40 yard touchdown run. Uh, It's like pretty much guaranteed. That'd be cool. This It'll be a pretty high-scoring game, I think, nonetheless. So this will be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of fun ones Speaking to watch. Speaking of fun ones to watch. Let's shift directly away from that. Let's, <laughs> let, let's say, uh, I don't know, uh, if, you, if you're a masochist, then yes, you will enjoy this game. Um, if you like having your eyes bleed, you will enjoy the Chicago Bears versus the New Orleans Saints. Adam, I had one reason that the Bears will win. And I don't think that this reason, I don't even think they're going to play. So I'm just going to explain to you why they'll win. And it looks like they're not going to play. So here's what, here's what I've got. If Roquan Smith plays and Alvin Kamara doesn't, the Bears can dare (laughs) Drew Brees to beat them with deep throws and take away the underneath routes. It looks like Roquan Smith has a dislocated uh, elbow. That's what the Bears fear. So it looks like he won't be playing. And Alvin Kamara can come off the COVID list. Although I'm actually not sure if he will. Without Roquan Smith, they can't, they're not going to be able to stop any. There are other linebackers, Danny Trevathan, who can't cover at this point in his career. So I, I don't I have nothing. Like, you're, you're, you're forgetting really about someone, Josh. Who am I you're, forgetting You're about? forgetting a key aspect of why the Bears are going to win this game. Okay. Corderell Patterson. Oh, no. <laughs> if Corderell Patterson returns three kicks for touchdown, I think the Bears have a genuine shot at this one. I still think they lose. Um, <laughs> oh, for sure. I think that's their only chance. This game is going to suck. Both teams have, well, the Saints have a really good defense. The Bears defense hasn't even been as good as like it was earlier in the season. It's like right around 10th, which is not nearly good enough to win playoff games. You know what? The Bears can win because football is weird and weird stuff happens every week. But I, yeah, I don't see the path to victory. Some weird stuff is going to happen for them to win. Yeah, so the reason the Bears will lose, and I know this one will sound a little crazy. I said it's because of the Bears playing against the Saints. 
Uh, I just think that their team overall isn't good enough to score more than 14 points against the Saints defense. Harsh, but fair. Uh, Here's the reason I have the Saints winning. And yeah, it's sort of along those lines. I think that their front seven will shut down the Bears outside zone run scheme and force Mitchell Trubisky to throw just like a little bit more in depth, but um, they've been really successful running outside zone these past couple of weeks. They've gotten David Montgomery going much more, even with the bad offensive line, they've had some success doing it. And all the guys on the saints on the saints defensive line and their linebackers are really talented and much better than the guys across from them. So I think that if they can force Mitchell Trubisky to be a real quarterback, which I think that they can do, it's not going to go well for the bears. I mean, we've seen that. Yeah. The, the, the reason I said the Saints might lose is if Camaro goes out partying and then contracts COVID. Well, he already has COVID. Then, oh, I know. I know. But, like, if he brings it to the to the clubhouse uh, oh. <laughs> and, and spreads it and everyone that matters on the Saints gets gets out with COVID, they'd still pro- the Bears would still probably lose. But I, I'd say it would be a much closer matchup. I actually don't think he's going to play in this game. I can't say for sure, but like the close, the first day that he can be activated off the COVID list is Saturday. So, I mean, he is eligible to play, but from what Sean Payton's saying, it seems like they might just sit him. He's one, they might not need him. And second of all, like he's not going to get any practice time and he'll be jumping right into a game. So he might not actually play, which would be interesting. I think they have Michael Thomas back for this game, which I don't know what he's going to do coming off a high ankle sprain. Those tend to linger. Do, is he? Is he back? I think he is. Oh, I'm not, I, I can't say a hundred. Yeah. I can't say a hundred percent certain. I don't think he's been activated yet. They said that he might come back this week for the divisional round. So there's a chance. I mean, the thing I said that would be fun to look for is just watching Mitch Trubisky being chased around by Cam Jordan, Trey Hendrickson and David on just around the pocket. It'll look hilarious. That's what I'm looking forward to. My real matchup is Smith versus Kamara. Cause that actually would have been a really fun matchup. And I actually really would have enjoyed that. I think that would have been cool. Now I've got Allen Robinson versus Marshawn Lattimore. I don't even know if Lattimore will follow Robinson. And he, he hasn't even been that good on the outside. He's he's a pretty he's a really good slot corner, but he's not that great on the outsides. I just couldn't think of anything they else. They can put three guys on him. <laughs> yeah, really. If they like, want to. Let Darnell they can put their be. coach on him. They won't have time to throw it to him. However, this game does have a fun element because we get round two of Javon Wims versus Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that, actually, that actually is worth watching for. There's a decent chance Javon Williams never touches the field in this game, but if he does, uh, if you guys don't, if you guys don't remember, Chauncey Gardner Johnson snatched Wims's mouth guard like back a couple weeks ago. I don't even remember what week it was, and then Wims came back like a full drive later and cold cocked him twice, <laughs> and nothing really happened to uh, Gardner Johnson because when you punch a guy with a helmet, it doesn't do very much. Um, <laughs> but it was very entertaining, and that would be funny to watch again. Yeah, I, I, I think that that'll be something to look out for, just to maybe get a little bit of entertainment from that game. Yeah, it's that that one's really going to be ugly. I'm really looking forward to four of the games this weekend, and I think that one and the Washington football team game will not be much to watch. Yeah, I think I think the Titans Bears, or sorry, the Titans uh, Ravens and the Colts Bills are on their own tier. I think those will be phenomenal games, but then there's two awful games, and, and that just kind of ruins it. And then under normal circumstances, the Rams Seahawks and then the game we're about to go to the Steelers Browns would be really fun games. The matchups on both sides of the ball are very interesting, but we've seen them play twice. It's just not that exciting when you're watching a divisional matchup for the third time, especially since both teams played in the last two weeks uh, in both those matchups. So at least the Browns Steelers will, will see like two different teams at this point, basically. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 
I think we should start with the Brown Steelers with that Cleveland will be missing their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, because he has COVID. They announced that today. Um, he's being replaced by their special teams coach, Mike Prefer. Prefer, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Adam, why do you think Pittsburgh's going to win this game? Well, okay, so so I don't think that the reason they're, that they're going to win is because Big Ben is back. And that is obviously not anyone's reason why these guys are going to win the game. I think, hopefully, a worse coach Browns with Kevin Stefanski out, just like not together, will make up for that two-point difference that they lost by last week. And maybe they'll, they'll have more time on offense. Also, another key guy that the Browns will be missing that, that went under is Joel Batonio, who is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And I, I don't know why everyone's talking about Stefanski. This is much more important, in my opinion. He is a huge piece and against a Steelers defensive line, which has shown time and time again to put pressure on the quarterback. That is huge. It's so important. I was about to get to that. I do think Stefanski being out matters a lot because what he's done with this team is really impressive. But it is so important that they're missing Joel Batonio because Pittsburgh consistently, what they do is they rush five to create five one-on-ones along their defensive line. And their defensive line is obviously one of the most talented in the league. They've got They've got like blue chippers or whatever you'd call them at every single position. And so when they're missing Joel Badonio, it means that they're going to be putting a backup against someone like Stefan Tuitt or Cam Hayward. And beyond that, it just really sucks because Joel Batonio has been in Cleveland. He's the longest tenured player on this team. And he's been there through all of the losing seasons and he finally made it to the playoffs. It's a real shame that he might have to miss, that he's going to have to miss this week. But yeah, Pittsburgh is probably going to attack that weak spot in their offensive line. I think that he's probably going to be replaced with Kendall Lamb because their sixth, like their swing Ooh. offensive lineman is Nick Harris and Nick Harris is out too. So that could be ugly. And that is really going to yeah. be where the Steelers will be attacking this game, I assume. You you know an offensive lineman is bad when you remember their name from their bad performances. Yeah, it was a bad performance <laughs> against the Jets that we remember. Oh. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a mess. But, but who knows? One positive for the Browns is they'll be getting Denzel Ward back who will hopefully help against Claypool while the rest of the wide receivers have basically free, free targets <laughs> because Andrew Sandejo and I don't know, Redwine is that their other guy. I think they have Ronnie Harrison back this week, actually. Yeah, but he's a safety, right? Yeah. Sorry, but Sandejo is a safety too. Yeah. He's been playing corner though. God, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know who their other cornerback is. Although I thought that Greedy Williams might try to play in this game. I'm not sure about that. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so they're digging deep. It's I think that's going to be the key for the Steelers. If they can get some consistent wide receiver help from Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, they'll have no problems winning this game, I think. The problem is getting it to them. And Miles Garrett is going to be on Ben Roethlisberger. The, the reason the Browns won was because of poor offense from the Steelers. And if they can start to percolate a little, get the ball to Deontay Johnson, if he doesn't drop it. The reason Cleveland can win is one, because their their offense is good. If they can get Nick Chubb going, because that 50-yard touchdown run was one of the more impressive runs I think I've seen all year, just specifically from the running back side. And the offensive line was really good too. Wyatt Teller had a huge block where he got downfield. For Cleveland to win, realistically, they're going to need Pittsburgh's offense to sputter out because... But yeah, without Betonio, I really think that that puts them at a disadvantage. My key matchup to watch out for is really just the entire off, uh, Cleveland offensive line versus the Pittsburgh defensive line. Mm-hmm. And it's we've seen that in their last two matchups. Wyatt Teller is huge, especially in the run game. But with what Pittsburgh can do against Kendall Lamb or whoever's filling in at, uh, I guess, left guard, that really does that really does concern me. 
So I would, I would give advantage Pittsburgh in what would be a really even matchup. And one of the matchups of the better defensive lines against one of the better offensive lines. And what's really fun to yeah. watch. So that's, that's a real shame. I think in our best game and our best teams where we crafted our best teams, I think we, we chose both the, the Browns offensive line and the Steelers defensive line. I think we chose the Packers offensive line, but the Browns one was one of the finalists. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we didn't talk about the Packers offensive line, but David Bakhtiari, that's huge. We never mentioned that. That is huge. David Bakhtiari is out for the season. He tours ACL. We'll talk about that next week, obviously, when the Packers are actually playing, but that is definitely important. I want to see if Baker has another playoff gear. This is the first time we're seeing playoff Baker. He was very, very excited, to say the least, after that game last time. He was very energized. He was very pumped. That team is probably the happiest team in the league right now. They have the most energy. There's the first time the Browns are in the playoffs since 2002 snapping the longest streak in sports. I think that if this team plays with that spark, it could be like a, a movie. Yeah, so actually that was exactly where I was about to go um, with the something fun for this game. I think it's Baker Mayfield in the playoffs because as much as I don't think he's a great quarterback yet, and I say yet because I really do think he can get better. He hasn't shown that this year. Baker Mayfield, out of I think almost any player in the NFL, plays with the most emotion especially with the most emotion openly, because obviously you need to be crazy and you need to be letting that all out. But Baker plays with it so openly on his sleeve and it motivates him. I mean, he relies more on like the chips on his shoulder more than anybody else. So I think that he really may thrive under the pressure of the playoffs. He played pretty well in the college football playoff, I think, back at Oklahoma, but they did end up losing that game. But there's also a chance that he just crumbles. Yeah, but also losing to Alabama in the playoffs is no surprise. Also, yeah, yeah, congrats to Devonta Smith on the Heisman. That happened during this podcast. Future Eagles wide receiver, <laughs> if I had to guess. No, future Falcons wide receiver. <laughs> okay. Well, for your sake, I hope not. As good as he I is. I hope not. I really hope not. But yeah, Baker in the playoffs, he's going to play with his hair on fire. And I think something to really watch out for is, especially in like the first quarter and maybe the first half, he's probably going to try to force some throws. If I, I would be surprised if he didn't into like tight windows that might not be there. I, you could see a bad pick. You could see some that, that probably should be picks. If you can get that under control and play with emotion to motivate him, but also not like push him over the edge, I think that would be huge. I think that if the Browns win, we could see a career performance out of Baker Mayfield. That's just something that could always happen. He, when he's good, he's good. And when he's playing like a toddler, like when he's excited, jumping around and smiling with his friends, I think that's when he plays his best football. And I, that's and maybe we'll see that Baker on Sunday. Yeah, well, I sure hope we do, just because I'm looking forward to good football this weekend. It should be a really fun time. There's a lot of really good teams. There are two really bad teams, um, but it should actually <laughs> be a really, really fun bad, football. But, but they're, they're definitely worse than the rest. They're definitely worse than the Dolphins. Fair enough. I, I actually am very happy with the way it worked out. And my Dolphins didn't make the playoffs, but I think that the best teams, especially in the AFC, did make it. So I am very excited for yeah. this weekend. And who would the Dolphins would have played? They would have played the Bills again or something? No, they would have played the Titans. Because they would have had the top oh, seed. That, that wouldn't have been too great for them either. No. But anyways, this should be a really fun weekend. We will get back to you after all these games. We will break these down. We will look forward into the next week where we get Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers back. Probably the top two MVP finalists. It should be. It's got to be A-Rod at this point. It's going to be a fun month of football. So we're looking forward to it. We will see you guys after the wildcard weekend.